Slice Audio. It's that time, guys. The band is back together. <laughs> the band? I didn't realize we were a you band. You have forever ruined that phrase for me. <laughs> yeah. What do we? What do I play? Can I play the guitar? Yeah, sure. I, I took guitar lessons when I was like in high school. Let's so I could, go. I could, I could tickle the strings a little bit. Yes, I'm you gonna can. play. I'm gonna play the kazoo. Do you know All Wonderwall? Right. Wonderwall. Wonderwall. No, I've never heard of Wonderwall. <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't even know that song. Well, anyway, yeah. Let's, let's, let's get the band back together. Let's I can try. I mean, it's been years, but I'll give it a shot. I'll play the drums. Amy can sing. I actually can't play drums, so this will be fun. Yeah. Well, we haven't all had together. us all together in one room in quite mm-hmm. some time because Mojo, you're working overnights. Yeah, I've been busy. Uh, I've recently changed my schedule here, though, uh, just about a week ago. So I'm back on the day shift. But yeah, I was. Fighting crime out in the middle of the night, out in the wow. darkness. It you was kind of scary out there at you, times. You should tell us about that and kind of what what's going on with that. Well, um, what we were doing and we're still doing it is uh, we are making a concentrated effort at some of our I'll call them hot spots uh, where we've been seeing a trend in violent crime, and part of that is it's just kind of like all hands on deck. Uh, Traditionally, you know, our police lieutenants uh, will come out and we'll attend shift briefing. We'll handle some administrative duties. We'll uh, crawl into a police cruiser, you know, once or twice a week for a few hours. But uh, for the most part, there's a, there's a lot of office work. There's a lot of paperwork that goes along with uh, the lieutenant's position. There's community policing. There's reaching out to business owners and other entities out in the community. But for the most part, we're not out in that police cruiser uh, every day, per se. But throughout the last couple of months, uh, again, we're trying to make a concentrated effort as far as all hands on deck to evaluate and basically to have an active hand in trying to correct some of the problems that we've been seeing in the community with violent crime. Uh, that entailed me for the last couple of months uh, working my shifts uh, right alongside of my guys, starting at about 9.30 at night all the way to like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. So uh, happy to be back on a day shift and uh, turn the keys over to the night shift over to Darren Susie. And we have seen some uh, positive results up in those particular areas of town and uh, we are optimistic that uh, we're going to continue that direction sweet so what's more exciting nighttime or daytime uh you know it's it's kind of funny that you say that because uh there there is actually a a big difference between the two uh nighttime is uh, in my opinion you know there's more well i shouldn't say more but the overwhelming types of calls that you're getting have to do a lot with disturbances and intoxicated people fighting with each other or vehicle burglars in the process of uh, car hopping, residential burglars. I would say the majority of that stuff does happen at night, but don't get me wrong, that stuff happens during the day, but along in the stuff that's happening during the day, you're also dealing with crimes that you don't necessarily see at night. You get some of your embezzlement cases, your uh, missing kids from the school types of cases. Your the, the variety is much more prevalent, say, on a day shift in comparison to the night shift. But you get more of the, I would say, the action in progress, 
uh, violent stuff more so during the late evening hours in comparison during mm. the day. So but yeah, that's what I depends I've, what you're into. Yeah, I mean that's what I've been doing the last uh, couple of months. It's been fun. It's been unique to get back out into the cruiser more often, and uh, yeah, to get my hand at. It. I got to tell you, uh, and actually, I, I'll just say it. I I had to do something that I have not had to do throughout my entire 21 law enforcement career here at the police department and that is uh, can you believe that i had to arrest a cat what yeah no. can you believe that a cat i mean and i'm not talking like a cat burglar or like someone breaking into a house or anything. <laughs> tell me uh, meower so yeah uh, i had to arrest this cat because <laughs> it, it, it littered it littered <laughs> get it oh my gosh <laughs> it littered <laughs> Oh boy! So, anyway, oh, yeah. I yeah, I, I'm back onto the day shift after that big arrest, and uh, we're going to move forward. Promotion wow. amongst us! Wow! Nationwide news. Crime of the century. Next right thing you there. know, FBI's calling. You know, you know. Well, heck. So in the community, uh, we you guys recently had a big fentanyl kind of uh, situation. Yeah. So I. I think uh, the the catalyst for this discussion was we had a fairly large uh, crash that happened over at Eglin Street in East North. I don't know if you saw that on our, our Facebook page. Mm-mm. Had traffic tied up for quite a bit uh, uh, last, I believe, Monday or Tuesday, but early last week. Middle of the day, um, what had happened is we had a uh, vehicle that was northbound on East North approaching that intersection with Eglin, right, mm-hmm. where you turn to go to uh, Rushmore Crossing. Well, they were ingesting fentanyl while they were driving Oops. and uh, ended up losing consciousness, leaving the right side of the road, plowing through a field at, I think, the early estimates were like 80 miles an hour. Yeah, that's what uh, – we got witnesses that were saying that the speeds were, were that high. And, and yeah, go – Yeah, and, and so – Ended up returning to the roadway, uh, crossing into the the lanes of traffic on Eglin, and smashed into uh, three or four cars over there. Mm. Um, you know, we had three people, including the two occupants of the the suspect vehicle, that were transported to the hospital. But uh, yes, very apparent uh, fentanyl use. They were ingesting it by smoking it, and uh, you know, it just prompted this reminder out to the community that. We do have fentanyl in our area. Uh, for those of you who don't know the dangers of this drug, it's a very, very potent opioid, um, and it's a very highly concentrated one. So if you don't know what you're doing with it, it is very easy to overdose and die. Very easy not even to overdose and die, but even just to get into contact with it. And uh, well, I'll just tell you, one of our officers, uh, when we were going through the whole investigatory process, uh, was tasked with searching the car and came across some of this fentanyl. And unfortunately for him, he ended up uh, having to go to the hospital and seeking treatment because of an exposure to fentanyl. Jeez. So it, it's one of those drugs that, uh, you know, we handle every drug as carefully as possible, but with fentanyl and just how little it takes to actually, you know, have an overdose or to cause a reaction on someone, uh, I mean, it can become airborne relatively easy, and before you know it, you've ingested it, and now you're finding yourself uh, in the way to the hospital to get treated. It's kind of a scary deal. And sometimes people ingest it, and they don't even know. For instance, my friend's son 
thought he was taking a Valium, and it was apparently laced with laced fentanyl. With fentanyl yeah. it was, and again, it, it takes so little to be able to overdose and, and lose your life on fentanyl. So that's just how dangerous it is. I'm here for over oh, probably going on a year now, maybe a little bit longer. I don't have the, the the date exactly right on the top of my mind, but even our officers are now carrying along fentanyl uh, dose or not. I'm sorry, not fentanyl. Narcan. Narcan. They better not be carrying fentanyl <laughs> <laughs> unless it's to evidence. <laughs> exactly, but they're carrying Narcan uh, with them on their person in the police cars to help combat just this. Uh, outrageous spike in fentanyl that we've seen here in our can, community. Can you tell us what that is? Uh, so Narcan, it comes in a variety of different forms, but the ones that our officers are equipped with, it's, uh, I don't know, I would compare it to uh, like a nasal spray type of container. If you're familiar with all the different types of nasal sprays that are out there in the market today for like your common cold, colds and whatnot, it's probably about half the size of those containers. Okay. And it's pretty simple. I mean, they just break the package and, uh, you know, with the push of a button on the back side of this container, it injects... Uh, a nasal spray which contains the Narcan and uh, we've seen some great success with that in the past. Officers are going to continue to carry it and uh, yeah it's a scary deal and that's kind of the direction that we've moved with the department to help keep people safe if they do come into contact with it. That's wild. So I've heard <clears throat> stories or rumors about them taking fentanyl and kind of boiling it down and mixing it. Obviously you said mix with volume. Um, does it like you've seen it lace i guess the problem what i'm trying to say is i've heard stories of of kids youth high school middle school saying hey do you have some ibuprofen or do you have a tylenol or something like that and people are giving them that instead or is that kind of a thing you know i haven't heard of anything like that taking place here in our community but i can tell you that uh if you were a family member of mine or even, I mean, it doesn't even need to be that. If, if you're going to take something that someone's giving you, I would be very leery. I wouldn't, mm -hmm. I wouldn't even take it, to be honest with you. No. Unless it's coming from a doctor or coming from a... Uh, School nurse. You know, yeah, it, it's got to be someone that you really trust. But if it's just some um, Joe Blow that you hardly know and they're just giving you an yeah. ibuprofen because you got to have whatever... I would probably steer clear of that. Yep, yep. Good practice to have. When, yeah, that fentanyl stuff's not nothing to mess with. That's for sure. Right. So obviously, you know, very potent, very, very uh, dangerous in its potency. Um, obviously, uh, you know, the folks who are peddling this stuff don't really care the outcome of the the people that they're supplying it to. Um, so I, I guess the best advice would be, you know, out of this whole conversation, if it wasn't given to you by a, a pharmacist or a doctor, probably best not to uh, ingest it. Yeah. Is it sure. extremely addictive, I would assume? Um, just like most I, I opioids think, yeah, and stuff. I, I think along the same vein of most <clears throat> opioids, that's, that's where it gets its addiction or yeah. addictive powers. Yeah. But, uh, just to give you a snapshot, um, you know, I, I asked the uh, drug task force that we have. It's called the uh, Unified Narcotics Enforcement Team, or mm -hmm. UNET, uh, about, you know, what they're seeing with fentanyl in the area. And just taking a look at, at three years' worth of data to include this year, 
In 2020, they confiscated about 128 grams. In 2021, that shot up to 960. Jeez. Um, so far, between the start of the year and the end of August, we were at 892. So we are on track to once again break, break last year's uh, record. Um, just looking at the projection, uh, if it if it continues at that rate, we're we're projected to be about uh, a little over thirteen hundred grams. Now, keep in mind, each gram is about ten pills too. Mm. So uh, that's quite a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that's being taken off the street. But there's also we know that there's stuff still out there. Um, is there is there like a percentage, like say the nine hundred from last year? Is there a percentage of what you think is on the streets? You know what I mean? Like if that's that's what you guys got. There's sure. so much more yeah, possibly. Yeah, you, you, they're not really telling us what they have and what we've yeah, taken from them. Yeah. So, right? Who uh, knows? It, it's tough to say. We can only we can only count the stuff that we ourselves come in contact with. So I mean, it's fair to say that you know since these folks aren't necessarily telling us every time they get a shipment of this stuff in to, mm-hmm. to sell to our community, they're really not letting us know. So. Which, why would they? Right. Hey, I'm just letting you know I've got about 10 pallets over here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I'll let you know where they go. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's just important that uh, with that being the case, that the, the community takes steps to protect themselves and and uh, um, just make sure that they're they're cognizant of what they're putting in their body. Yeah, big shout out to our drug guys for keeping this on the uh, forefront of their minds and uh, making it a priority. Uh, it's it's a it's a big deal, and not only are they making it a priority, but when we do have these overdoses, um, not only are we looking into the overdose, but how did these people come across the fentanyl? How did they how did they get it? Uh, a big part of that is is holding that particular I'll call them a dealer accountable for the after effects of what have happened with this fentanyl overdose. Whether the person ended up losing their life over the deal or whether they there survived, uh, we're taking that as a very high priority investigation and looking into those types of cases. So well, thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. Thank you very much. Have you been on any high speed pursuits? Uh you know well it's funny you say that because uh when I was on night shift here just recently, we had uh, we had a call over off of uh, Wood Avenue, and I don't know if you uh, remember or not, but uh, it was in the middle. God, I, I I don't take notes on this stuff, and I'm getting older. My my mind is is starting to starting to go with memory. What, but what I want to know <laughs> is how fast did you? Get we going? had a uh, we had a special response team call out uh, yes. in regards to. Uh, the double homicide that we had yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah. and it, no. it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't but a week or so after that we ended up in that same particular area as it involved some shots fired calls. And uh, as I was monitoring the scene, we'll say, I saw a vehicle kind of cruise through the area. I didn't have any taillights, came to a screeching halt at a stop sign took off and had some suspicious behavior to it in addition to not driving with its lights on and uh, lo and behold I figured I'm going to address that and what did it turn into <laughs> not a high speed chase oh, but uh, I'll just tell you we went probably about I don't know a quarter mile and they ended up hitting a curb and it was a bunch of juveniles that went scattering out of a 
car that had recently had been reported as missing. Oh. So it wasn't anything like majorly exciting, but still. But uh, yeah, it was. It Got was, the blood flowing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, the guys were making fun of me later that night because. Uh, you know, my voice got a little higher on the old two-way <laughs> and uh, ended up running after some people. But uh, in that case, we got everybody rounded up, uh, got the car back to where it belonged, and uh, turned out positive. So, yeah, good That's deal. Good. What everybody about wins. any on-foot chases? Uh, that was one of them, but uh, beyond that, nothing recent. Nothing recent. I, I, you know how when you uh, watch cops, they're always yeah. cheating somebody? I, I can tell you we had one about a week and a half ago, maybe, where it was a uh, vehicle that was driving on Fifth Street. The officer noticed that it, it didn't have a license plate and it didn't have a temporary tag that was displayed. So obviously some sort of uh, registration uh, issue going on there. So. He went to stop the car. The car didn't stop. It turned into a pursuit. Pursuit uh, ended up getting on to uh, Mount Rushmore Road, and uh, a few officers had gotten ahead of the pursuit. One of the officers was actually able to dis- deploy spike strips and uh, get a good spike on the suspect vehicle. Um, ended up deflating uh, three of the four tires. Mm. And so the uh, um, a car came to a, uh, a stop in, I believe it was the area, Cleveland Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bunch of people bailed from the car. We were able to get uh, the driver detained as well as uh, some of the occupants. Uh, driver went to uh, jail on a slew of charges to include, I think there was drugs in the car. Yeah, I don't remember if there was or not. But Nice. But was the dog involved? No, but we did have we did have a, a bite probably about yeah. two weeks ago. Ooh. I can't remember yeah. the, the specific uh, circumstances Ooh. of that one. Yeah, but. that was uh, that was another car chase. Uh, yeah, you know, here earlier I was talking about focusing our efforts in a particular location here in town as it revolves around violent crime, and uh, one of the officers noticed a traffic violation and uh, went to stop the vehicle. The vehicle uh, fled. It was a pursuit pursuit took place i want to say it wasn't too long two or three minutes ended up uh driving through some gates down at the uh swim center Mm. uh was drove into a local car dealership crashed into a car that was in the parking lot uh the driver fled um of course whenever we get into these car chases uh you know, the suspects in these types of cases, well, you know, they sometimes drive, you know, crazy with their hair on fire. Mm-hmm. And they don't, it's almost like they don't get anything to lose. Um, our officers, however, are still uh, evaluating the pursuit, what other cars are on the roadway. Uh, they're weighing a lot of different things in their mind on whether or not if they should continue to pursue or not, uh, the severity of the offense. But then they're also driving cautiously because the last thing that we want to do is see this end up into a crash or even have the officers getting involved in a crash. Mm -hmm. So the officer was a little further behind, comes across the crashed car. The car uh, was empty. So what we generally do in those types of cases is we start to set up what's called a perimeter, of course. Uh, Officers, uh, we kind of try to do like a box them in type of thing. And uh, that was a canine officer that came into the scene, and we started to uh, do a track from the yeah. vehicle. And uh, lo and behold, uh, 
We found the guy uh, hiding in some playground equipment not too far away. He That's was, where I'd go to. Uh, he was covered up. Uh, he would not uh, surrender himself to the police. Uh, after numerous warnings, of course, we ended up sending our, our canine and uh, warnings about the canine oh, too, yeah. saying, you, you know, know, come out or we're going to send the dog. So he knew what the, uh, he knew what was, was coming. <laughs> I was about, uh, I want to say, I was about a uh, half a block away. I could hear it very clearly as far as those warnings go. <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, I had a front row seat as far as watching this from yes. a hillside. Uh, canine went in and apprehended the individual everything turned out to work out okay no one got hurt other than the dog bite of course and going through the car what did we find drugs drugs fentanyl and marijuana so yeah the saga continues in regards to things like that but yeah it's just just another example ah. of uh People being a little reckless in our community. He probably wanted some more of that fentanyl after the dog bite, you know? Yeah. Speaking of uh, fun times while driving, guess what we did this weekend? What? Oh, you did the... Was it? Yeah. Ah. EVOC training. Yeah. Yeah. We did uh, EVOC uh, for this year's class to the Citizens Police. Did you get a new cone queen? Well, tell me, how many how many cones did got you the cone queen designation? Man, it was got to be a couple dozen. <laughs> it was, was up there. There was seven cones under the car <laughs> <laughs> that were had to be our tax dollars had to replace. So I believe the the high mark was what twenty six this year. You know, I wow. wasn't out there for evoc, but I did get the results this morning. Mm. And uh, there has been a, we always give out like what's called the top driver award. Who drove mm. the safest, who hit the least amount of cones, mm. who passed the actual driving course. And uh, we have that person identified. I can't release the the, the, the news release yet or the name in regards. Yeah. It's a pretty big yeah. When do you get to release it's it? It's pretty so big. We, 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 get to, we get to release it on graduation. Oh, okay. And then, of course, uh, the cone king or queen, uh, we have that person identified as well. So that will also be presented at graduation. There was quite a few cones. That's what I heard. Unfortunately, I'm I heard proud. a few cones got nicked up. But, uh, yeah, it sounded like do it was know, a good time for did everyone. Did anybody break my time? I think my time was like 2.17. How many cones? I think I had no cones, if maybe one. Oh, let's see. He's here. lying. Let's see. Here. No, I mean, I my the, first run, I had a couple of cones. I got, I my got. My second best run was like 217. Ooh, let's see here. I got a, I got a 219. Ooh, come on. With 11 cones. Oh. oh. I got a 226 with six cones. Wow, good job, yeah. Brandon. I, remember, I got a, I I got a 222 good. with zero cones. Oh, see, yeah. Uh, I but think those I'm, cones, I those cones add time. So. I can't remember if I had a cone or not. I know on my first run, which was quicker, it was like a 215 or lower two teens. I had a couple of cones on that one. I know that. But the second run, I was like, okay, I'm going to go really hard. I'm going to try my best not to hit a cone. I remember, I can't remember if I got one or none. I don't remember. But, yeah. Yeah. I was pretty proud of it. Yes, yeah, so we had Citizens Police Academy EVOC uh, Saturday. We had uh, the K9 team out here uh, last week. I think we got about four weeks left in that particular fall class. We have our uh, dispatch and jail tour coming up this Thursday night. Fun. And then the followed by we have an evidence night. We call it like the CSI effect. 
mm-hmm. where you get to come in and see all the cool different things yeah. that we get to do, uh, like you see on on television or in the movies. Uh, the dogmate was my favorite. Some yeah, of that, so some cool. of that Area Fifty One sort of stuff Ooh. we got going on in the crime lab that people don't even know about yet. What? Yeah, pretty yeah. cool. Pretty cool. Get, <laughs> only the Citizens Police Academy get to. Only they get to experience that. Yeah. So wow. for those that are listening, if you're interested in the Citizens Police Academy, uh, we normally do that uh, once a year in the fall. We normally uh, have the classes start in August now, and it goes for about 13 to 14 weeks. It's uh, an opportunity for us to showcase our police department and an opportunity for y'all to learn a little bit about us. So if it's something that interests you, always keep your eyes peeled to the Rapid City Police Department's Facebook page and uh, apply, and hopefully you can get in. Yeah, and you could end up doing a podcast with Lieutenant Mosher yeah, and Brenda rest. Medina. <laughs> <laughs> That's how this was born. One of the world's greatest podcasts. <laughs> so we, we kind of took this on tour uh, uh couple weeks ago we get uh both kelvin and i got invited to come come speak and so we just oh yeah that's right oh yeah yep. to come give a presentation to a, a group out west and so mm-hmm. we kind of kind of uh designated it as taking citizens arrest on the oh, road cool. nice. is that why we had almost 300 downloads the other day maybe maybe uh, yeah who knows yeah. maybe that's we, why we ever- do plug the podcast Nice. So yeah, um, I mean, we had a crowd. It was a great time. Signed a few autographs. Kissed a couple babies. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, you know how it is, Brandon. I do. So. I do shaking babies and kissing hands. Or <laughs> wait. Uh, we have a few questions from the public, but I think this one's pretty important. It says, "On your last show, the topic of mentoring was brought up. As a Lakota youth, I was mentored by the late great officer Craig Teason." Yes. Is that how you pronounce that? Mm-hmm. I got to be a part of something I would never have happened just hanging out in low-income housing. My question is, do any officers currently mentor any of the Lakota youth? We have a Big Brothers and Big Sisters uh, program that we are part of. Um, we have Captain Christian Siegel, who works very closely with them. And yes, we have a handful of our officers that work with, uh, we call them bigs. Our officers are bigs, and those that they're mentoring and hanging out with are, are their littles. It's kind of kind of a cool program that they got going on there. And what's the name of that program? Do you remember? Um, it's called Bigs in Blue. That's right. That's so correct. specific law enforcement mentors for... You know, these littles. Okay. That's cool. So, yeah, we have that program. Uh, we also have something that's called the uh, the Rapid City Police Department Cadets Program. And is what that is, it's for our youth between the ages of 15 years old and 21, if you're within that uh, age range. Um, you want to see what law enforcement's all about. You want to come in and that's participate my. in some community service. Uh, yeah, you come along and get to know our police department, get to know our police officers. That's uh, where you got your that's, start. That's where I got my start. That's uh, my age range, too. I'm 15 to 21. You know, when I uh, was in I'm high school, I uh, I didn't hang out with the greatest of crowds, and uh, I was, uh, didn't have a lot of guidance in my life. And I ended up participating in what was called a career development class, and I was suggested to go do a ride-along with the police department. After having spoken class about my car, I'd gotten burglarized in the parking lot. 
And I went and I did a ride-along with an officer named uh, Chuck Smith, and uh, Chuck showed me around town and talked to me about this police cadet program, and I signed up for that program, and here I am today. As a police cadet, uh, you know, you wear a uniform, you come in for uh, monthly meetings, you come in and you can do monthly ride-alongs, learn all sorts of different things about the police department, and it would certainly help me solidify what I wanted to do moving forward as far as her career choice. So, yeah. That's interesting we, to know. I we didn't also, know that. We cool. also have the youth outreach team, which uh, we have officers that are assigned to that team that uh, directly work with uh, families and kids in those families, uh, whether it's, you know, to identify uh, resource needs and get them uh, those those uh, resources um, or directly working with the kids. So I think there's some, some mentorship that happens there as well as Tyler Reed's program that he does directly out of the uh, NOLA departments. Uh, he's got basically what you would consider an after-school program up there. He's got a, he's got a room that's fully decked out with a ton of activities for kids. He's got video games. He's got a Nintendo Switch. He's got uh, art supplies and a little library. Uh, basically set up to be a positive place for kids in that neighborhood to come hang out uh, and, uh, you know, just get that sort of mentorship that they might not be getting elsewhere. And not only do we have the mentorship for the community, but we, I mean, it's kind of unique here. We also have a mentorship for our brand new police officers. Uh, when they get hired on with our department, we assign uh, a particular mentor to that officer, someone who has the same types of interests and likes. And uh, they're just there for that officer to, you know, show them the work or show them the ropes, uh, bounce ideas off of them if they're having problems with, say, another officer or a training officer or maybe even as a supervisor. I don't know, but if they just need someone to talk to, bounce some ideas off of distress. We have mentors on on board for them as well. So, mentorship is a pretty big deal in our department, and uh, we'll continue to do so. Cool. Six-year-old question. Do it. Michael says his favorite song is Five Foot Nine by Tyler Hubbard. Hmm. What is your favorite song? Oh, goodness. <laughs> it's okay, guys. I, you can you, say you, it. You, you guys are going to make fun of me, but it, it's like the most generic, uh, like, millennial guy song ever, and it's Mr. Brightside by The Killers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> That's good. All right. You know, when it comes to songs for me, I'm kind of all over the board. I yeah. got, I don't know. I, I'm a big country guy, like 80s country, Randy Travis, yeah. George Strait. Um, but then I also got a little bit of hard rock into me. Like mm. um, the, the crew is, is kind of close mm. to my heart. Uh, but when you say a favorite song, I don't know. I just can't pick one. But one that jumped into my mind would be, how about? One Vision by Queen. Wow. Wow. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Wait, I might need to hear more of it. (laughs) That's wild. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Queen it up. Are you guys ready? Are you ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. All (laughs) right. Karaoke day with Mosier. Let's go. If you have a question for Citizens Arrest, send it our way. Citizens Arrest at homesliceaudio.com. Love you guys. See ya. Citizens Arrest is hosted by Amy Rose, Brandon Jones, Brendan Medina, and Lieutenant Mosier. Produced by Mark Houston. Engineered by Chris Jacquez. Audio and video mastered by Russ Haddon. If you liked what you heard, please rate it five stars and leave a comment.
Affirmative.